जय राधा कुंज बिहारी जय राधा कुंज बिहारे जय गोपी जन गिरिवर धारे जय गोपी जन गिरिवर धारे यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजन
जय जय गुरुदेव 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 जय गुरुदेव श्री प्रभुपाद की अनंत कोटि वैष्णवृंद की गाय गौर प्रेमानंदे ज्ञानतिरांधस्य ज्ञानांजन शलाकया चक्षुन्मीलित तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्ट स्थापित भूतले सोयं रूप कदा मह्यम ददाति स्वदाक वंदेहम श्रीगुरोपदकमल श्रीगुरून वैष्णवांश्च साग्रजात सह गण रघुनाथन्वीव साइत सवदूत पिजन सहित कृष्ण चैतन्यदेवराधाकृष्णपादगणलिता श्री विशाखान्वीता नमाम विष्णुपादाय कृष्ण प्रेष्ठा भूतले श्रीमते भक्तिवेदात स्वामीनामिने नमस्ते सरस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चात्यदेशिणे नमो महावदान्याय कृष्ण प्रेम प्रदायते कृष्णाय कृष्ण चैतन्य नाम्ने गौरत्षे नम हे कृष्ण करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिकाकांतराधाकांत नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रियकल्पतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्रीअद्वैत गदाधर श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्री चैतन्य चरितामृत आदिलीला चैप्टर वन वर्ष नंबर एटीन जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय अद्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त वृंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय अद्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त वृंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद
जयाद्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त वृंद ट्रांसलेशन बाई डिवाइन ग्रेस एसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी श्रील प्रभुपा ग्लोरी टू श्री चैतन्य एंड नित्यानंद ग्लोरी टू अद्वैत चंद्र एंड ग्लोरी टू ऑल द डिवोटीज ऑफ श्री गौर लॉर्ड चैतन्य चैतन्य चरितामृत आदि लीला चैप्टर वन वर्ष नंबर एटीन जगत गुरु श्रील प्रभुपाद की सो थैंक यू डियर डिवोटीज फॉर काइंडली कमिंग हियर टूडे दिस मॉर्निंग it's a beautiful sunday morning and we had a nice aarti here today for shri shri radha kalachand ji for shri prabhupad thank you all of you for kindly coming here before i begin i would like to again repeat a particular prayer that we sing at the beginning of our uh, each and every program this prayer is given here in front of us on the screen i'll sing this verse kindly repeat after me ओम ज्ञानतिमीराधस्ञाजनशलाकया चक्षुन्मीलिताीगुरव नम दिस पर्टिकुलर वर्स इज दट अज्ञानतिमीरांध्य there is a particular disease which is called as night blindness a person becomes blind only at night a person is doesn't have the ability to see at night that night blindness is called as timirandha actually some people are totally blind from birth for example dhritarashtra he was completely blind from birth but some people they are called as andha and timirandha means somebody who becomes blind only at night in the day they are able to see they are called as timiranda so this om agyana timiranda so this prayer has been quoted by shrila shridhar swami in his commentary to shrimad bhagavatam he says agyana timiranda i was somebody who was blinded by the night of ignorance night blindness of ignorance and in order to cure such night blindness one can apply an ointment now ointment in sanskrit is known as shalaka that ointment which is applied to the eye is known as shalaka so gyan anjana shalakaya so this anjan is ointment and shalaka is the applying stick which applies that ointment to the eyes so through the ointment stick of gyana or transcendental spiritual knowledge so i was blind i i was suffering from the night blindness of ignorance and through the application of that ointment of knowledge chakshur unmilitam yena so i was able to see within the night once again within the night of ignorance i was able to see once again because i had i now had the power of knowledge spiritual knowledge with me but who is the expert physician who gave me this particular ability tasmai shri gurave nama this shri guru who bestowed on me this ability to get rid of the uh, night blindness of ignorance in this material world because in this material world due to ignorance we are suffering as if we are unable to see anything at night that is our condition we are suffering from this condition of night blindness because the material world is a very dark place and for this reason we need a spiritual master in order to illuminate our eyes and these are the eyes of the heart 
which are illuminated by knowledge by the application of transcendental knowledge by shri guru now dear devotees why do we sing these verses at the beginning of any particular program somebody might say that the program will be successful even if we don't sing any verses am i correct or not yes we are program will go on even if we don't sing any verses why do we recite these auspicious verses at the beginning of every program yes okay so we can pray to our guru all right but somebody might ask a question that those people who do not believe in god they also begin all their activities and programs but they do not invoke god or they do not have any auspicious invocations at the beginning of their programs do their programs fail or do they do their programs succeed they succeed they are not you know failing so if atheists can get ahead with their programs without auspicious invocations why do we actually need to perform auspicious invocations at the beginning of each and every program this is a major discussion in one branch of indian literature called as nyaya which shri chaitanya mahaprabhu studied now shri chaitanya mahaprabhu had a very dedicated follower whose name was shri sarvabhaum bhattacharya he has explained the reason behind why we offer auspicious invocations at the beginning of each and every program sarvabhaum bhattacharya says let's take the case of an atheist who does not offer any auspiciousness at the beginning of the program any program that they begin now sarvabhaum bhattacharya asks one question but when the atheist begins his program or his event does the atheist desire that within my within his heart does the atheist desire let my program be unsuccessful or does the atheist desire let my program be successful okay so shri sarvabhaum bhattacharya says this desire for success itself is called mangal or auspiciousness so even the atheist performs mangalacharan within his heart just doesn't express it clearly so sarvabhaum bhattacharya says even if the atheist begins with mangal within their heart what is the problem in expressing it clearly through one's mouth in sarvabhaum bhattacharya's language it is called as mangalavad argument around mangalacharan so this is one very important argument that even when an atheist begins his or her program or when they start writing books sometimes the atheist don't dedicate the books to anybody sometimes you may see you know the books are dedicated to my father or to my wife or to my husband but sometimes atheists don't dedicate their book to anybody so but still even an atheist like that when they are starting beginning to write the book within their heart is the desire that may this book get completed so that mangal has already been performed within the heart auspiciousness is already invoked within the heart so why not invoke auspiciousness very clearly through one speech this is mangalvad this is for for this reason sarvabhaum bhattacharya says even the atheist performs mangalacharan now our reason for performing mangalacharan is something very dif- very different from this our reason for performing mangalacharan is not simply to ensure auspiciousness but it is also an indicator that we are not an orphan in our spiritual life before we speak anything we have the strength of the entire guru parampara standing behind us and we are confident that as long as we are repeating their words 
as long as we are speaking what is given by sadhu guru and shastra till that time there will be no error in the presentation that we are trying to make therefore we pray for the mercy of shri guru because we are going to quote their words now we gaudiya vaishnavas we like to invoke auspiciousness at the beginning of each and every program all right so for example there is shri raghunath das goswami we might have heard of he is one of the six goswamis every work that he begins he begins with some auspicious invocations all the goswamis they begin their work with auspicious invocations now i have selected this auspicious invocation because it counts all his blessings in one particular verse this is a verse which he composed in his book named mukta charita i will try to sing this verse the meter of this verse is manda kranta i will try to sing this verse kindly repeat after me नाम श्रेष्ठ मनुमपी शचिपुत्रज मुरुपुरी मतुरी गोष्ठवाटी राधाकुंडम गिरीवर महो राधिका माधवाशा प्राप्त यथित कृपया श्री गुरु तम नौस्मी सो दिस इज श्री रघुनाथ दास गोस्वामीज इन्वोकेशन वर्स इन हिज लिटरेचर नेम्ड मुक्ता चरित्र इज राइटिंग अ ब्यूटिफुल लिटरेचर मुक्ता चरित्र वेर इन इज गोइंग टू डिस्क्राइब हाउ श्रीमती राधाराणी एंड कृष्णा वन टाइम ट्राइड टू फार्म एक्चुअल पर्ल्स यू नो some of you might have heard this past time both of them, they were both trying to plant pearls in the soil hoping that some pearl trees will grow and krishna grew pearl trees whereas shrimati radharani could not grow any pearl trees her trees were all full of thorns so this beautiful past time was described in this sweet book called as mukta charitra in the beginning he is invoking this auspiciousness by saying we can see in the last line shri gurum tam natosmi natosmi i offer my obeisances unto whom unto shri guru unto my guru what is the reason he says i have obtained many things from my guru many things what all things have you obtained he says nama shreshtham manum i got manu the mantra which i am chanting which is nama shreshtham consists of the greatest holy names of the lord first thing i obtained from shri guru is my the greatest holy name in the form of a mantra acha anything else you obtained he says shachi putram i got the association of the son of mother shachi who is the son of mother shachi chaitanya mahaprabhu okay besides him did you get anything from guru yes atra swarupam i also got the association of one goswami his name is swarupa damodar goswami okay anybody else you got yes rupam i got the association of which goswami shri rupa goswami and tasya agrajam his elder brother who is the elder brother of shri rupa goswami shri sanatan i got the association of his elder brother also 
and for residents i got urupurim the best place to the best city to stay which city did you get to say mathurim i was staying in which mandal mathura mandal in mathura mandal also i was staying in a specific place where goshthavatim where all the cow cowherd men used to stay where did the cowherd men used to stay in vrindavan mathura mandal is very large but in mathura mandal i got to stay in goshthavati in the place where all the cowherd men are staying acha any other place did you get by the mercy of your guru yes he says radha kundam i got one very beautiful place to reside which is which place radha kundam and girivaram aho it was near the greatest of all hills which hill is that shri govardhan radha kund is near which hill shri govardhan and most importantly radhika madhav asham i got the asha the hope of attaining the service of shri radhika and madhav all this things which were mentioned in the first three lines praptah i obtained yasya prathita kripaya by whose immense mercy who is that shri gurum tam natosmi i offer my obeisances unto him chaitanya mahaprabhu can you please read the translation yeah. so we are counting our blessings at the beginning of every book or at the beginning of every event even this event we began did we not count our blessings at the beginning yes now godiya vaishnava acharyas also count their blessings at the very end of their writings how do they count their blessings at the very end of their writing i am giving an example from the writings of shrila vishwanath chakravarti thakur shrila vishwanath chakravarti thakur at the very end of his shrimad bhagavatam commentary he has composed a beautiful verse and he is invoking the mercy of his guru and this verse is displayed here on the screen i will sing it please try to repeat it after me vyakhyasya bhaktya gamya sa shri guru kripayekshate tasman namo namastasmay gurave gurave namaha so shrila vishwanath chakravarti thakur says vyakhya i am writing an explanation of shrimad bhagavatam and i wrote all 12 cantos now this is at the very end of the last chapter last verse of the 12th canto he says vyakhya asya this explanation or vyakhya of shrimad bhagavatam bhaktya gamya gamya it is understood only bhaktya by bhakti so this explanation of mind can be understood only by bhakti or devotional service and sa that bhakti kripaya ekshate we can see in the next line it expects kripa or mercy ekshate it expects the mercy of whom shri guru it is expecting shri guru kripa it is expecting the mercy of shri guru so i wrote this explanation and this explanation can be understood by bhakti but this bhakti expects the mercy of shri guru tasman therefore namas namo nama again repeated obeisances tasmai to him to him who is he gurave to shri guru gurave gurave nama he repeats the term to shri to guru who is guru that is what he is saying huh? what is the meaning of guru who is guru first meaning of guru is spiritual master second meaning of guru is heavy 
because guru in sanskrit also means heavy who is heavy with realization so gurave gurave nama my obeisance is to that guru who is guru which means to that spiritual master who is heavy with transcendental knowledge so this is shrila vishwanath chakravarti thakur counting his blessings at the end of his literature so godiya vaishnavas are also counting their blessings at the end not only at the beginning but also at the end roji you can read the translation yes so this is shrila vishwanath chakravarti thakur invoking auspiciousness at the very end now question arises do the gaudiya vaishnava acharyas invoke auspiciousness even in the middle of their works we beginning we saw end we saw do they invoke auspiciousness even in the middle so dear devotees they also invoke auspiciousness in the middle because shrila rupa goswami and other acharyas rupa goswami has written a work bhakti rasamrit chendu most of us might have heard of this work which shrila prabhupa translated as nectar of devotion at the beginning of every chapter he is saying sanatana tanur jayati all glories to sanatan all glories to sanatan sanatan goswami is his elder brother and he used to address sanatan goswami as prabhupad shrila rupa goswami used to address shri sanatan goswami as prabhupad and another meaning of it is sanatan tarun means may lord krishna who has sanatan eternal tanu body may that eternal bodied lord krishna be victorious in all the world so with every chapter he began he began with auspicious invocation so there was auspicious invocations at the beginning auspicious invocations at the end and auspicious invocations even in between all over the books there is a reason dear devotees why such a thing is done because by invoking auspiciousness in the beginning end and middle something great is achieved in the previous literature of the great acharyas there is one statement mentioned about invoking auspiciousness at beginning end and middle the first literature that all children study in vedic culture is sanskrit grammar that is they have to study panini sutras now these panini sutras they have been commented upon by the great commentator whose name is patanjali patanjali in his commentary on panini sutras says one thing he this is his statement i will this is a uh, this is not a verse it is a paragraph so i will speak it please repeat after me mangaladini mangal madhyani mangal antani hi shastrani prathante veer purushani cha bhavanti ayushmat purushani cha adhyetarascha siddhartha yathasyo iti he says mangal adini those acharyas which are who are performing mangal auspiciousness adini at the beginning mangal madhyani auspiciousness in middle mangal antani auspiciousness also at the end do our godiya vaishnava acharyas fit into this criteria yes so patanjali statement is much before huh, all the godiya vaishnava acharyas he is around uh, first century bc this is when patanjali wrote his statement he is saying hi shastrani prathante acharyas who write their literature like this with auspiciousness at beginning middle and end veer purushani cha they are extremely powerful in their spiritual life 
Ayushmat Purushani, their fame is very long-lived. They become very famous throughout the world. Their fame is very long-lived. He says, Adhyetarascha, those who study their literature, Siddhartha Yathasyu, they attain the fulfillment of all their desires. This is what Patanjali says. This is the effect of invoking auspiciousness at the beginning, middle and end. Therefore, dear devotees, our Gaudiya Vaishnava Acharyas are such a powerful force in the world today that it is Gaudiya Vaishnavism which was able to establish itself throughout the world and these Acharyas and their literature such as Nectar of Devotion, Nectar of Instruction are so powerful and read in the world throughout by all people because they have been very grateful. This gratitude is very important principle in spiritual life. Dear devotees, let us define gratitude according to the definition given by the previous Acharyas. In the Sanskrit language, a person who is grateful is known as Kritagya. Please repeat after me. Kritagya. Kritagya. Krita means favor. Any favor which was done is known as Krita. Gya means one who recognizes or knows. So anybody who acknowledges the favor bestowed upon him or her is known as Kritagya. Now, contrary to this, a person who is ungrateful is known as Kritagna. Krita means any favor which was performed on them and Gna means they who destroy. So there are two terms for defining Kritagya and Kritagna, the grateful person and the ungrateful person. So, dear devotees, we have to cultivate the quality of being Kritagya. Why? Because all of us are immensely indebted since birth. Modern culture, it teaches us that we are rugged individuals not indebted to anybody in the world. This is individualism in the modern world. That is what it teaches us. That I don't have to care about you, Chaitanya Prabhu. I am not indebted to you. But Vedic literature teaches us that we are immensely indebted individuals right from the very birth. The moment we take birth in this world, there is an immense amount of debt which we have to pay back. Achha. Vedic literature tells us that there are five debts which each and everybody accrues in human form of life. Lord Krishna also says that the first and foremost debt is towards one's parents. This is a statement by Lord Krishna himself from the Srimad Bhagavatam. I will sing this verse. Please repeat after me. Sarvartha Sambhavo Deho Janitaha Poshito Yataha Natayoryati Nirvesham Pitror Martyaha Shatayusha Krishna spoke this statement to his parents Devaki and Vasudev when he rescued them from Kamsa's prison. At that time Krishna said the following thing. With one's body one can acquire all goals of life and it is one's parents who give the body birth and nourishment. Therefore, no mortal man can repay his debt to his parents even if he serves them for a full lifetime of a hundred years. So this is Lord Krishna's statement in Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th Canto, 45th chapter, verse number 5 where Krishna is saying that no human being can ever repay their debt to their parents even if such a human being serves parents for 100 years, entire lifetime. So dear devotees, 
Krishna also acknowledges this fact that we are immensely indebted individuals, that we have such a huge debt on our heads that cannot be paid throughout our lives. So this individualism which teaches us that as soon as we grow up, then we are no longer indebted to anybody. This philosophy is not accepted by Lord Krishna. In fact, the Vedic literature says that we have five compulsory debts which each and every one of us has to pay back. First and foremost, Lord Krishna has told us it is called as debt towards Pitris. Debt in Sanskrit is known as Rina. Uh, let's repeat the term Rina. Rina. So the first Rina is Pitri Rina. Pitri Rina means one's debts towards one's parents or ancestors. Whichever family one has taken birth in. One has taken birth because the ancestors and parents decided that we will give birth to a child and raise that child till the child is grown up. So that debt, it was not for free, dear devotees. Nothing. All the service that parents performed. I want to ask you, Chaitanya Prabhu. Sorry, I am asking you all the questions. Since we were born, till the time we became uh, capable enough of earning ourselves, our parents rendered service to us. Was everything for free? Yeah, for us, we feel everything was free. But is anything in nature for free? Suppose if the parents hire somebody to take care of their children, will somebody take care of the children for free? They will charge by the hour. You know, I do not know how much is the charge per hour here. They will charge by the hour. Multiply by 24 hours, multiply by 365 days, multiplied by 20 years, assuming that the child becomes, you know, capable in 20 years. How many dollars have to be paid, Chaitanya Bhavrabhu? Is there a debt or is there no debt? We think there is no debt huh? because you know, parents did it for free. We don't have to pay back. That's it. So, Vedic literature tells us you have in you are indebted to your parents. Please remember how to pay it back. That also Vedic literature will say. But first and foremost, recognize that this first debt is existing towards one's parents. Second is debts towards devatas. Devatas are the various gods who are managing not only the entire universe, material universe, but they are also managing bodily functions. Very simple bodily function. I suppose I want to lift my hand in the air. I say I am lifting my hand. So, but the fact is, there is a demigod who is in charge of all the bodily functions. There are various demigods in charge of the various bodily functions. Tomorrow, if I get paralyzed on my right side of the body, I may desire thousand times, I want to lift my hand. But will I be able to lift my hand? I will not be able to. Why? Because my karma is such that the presiding deity who is in charge of lifting the hand is not cooperating with me. Because that is what my karma has destined for me. So, these devatas who are managing our bodily functions, we are indebted towards them because nobody sits within the body and does everything for free, which you know, we are assuming that everything is for free. It is not actually for free. Alright, the third is rishis or sages who teach us Vedic knowledge from ever since we are uh, a young kid. The Vedic sages teach us this knowledge and tell us what is the goal of the human form of life. All the literature which is written by the previous sages, Shukdev Goswami, Sri Vyasadeva, all of them, we are indebted towards them because without them we will not be able to understand what is the purpose of the human form of life. 
Fourth is our indebtedness towards atithi, guests. Any guest who arrives at our home, so those we are indebted towards the guests who arrive at our home. Why? Because we also become atithis or guests as soon as we leave our home. As soon as I leave my home, I also have to become dependent on somebody in society. So, I have taken so much from society because every day I am moving out of my home. I have taken so much from society. How do I pay back? If somebody arrives at my home, I have to treat them very well. This is known as atithirin or indebtedness towards the guests. And the final is known as bhutarin. Bhuta means indebtedness towards all living entities in the ecological system. Because even if one of the categories of living entity stops existing, our entire ecological system will collapse. For example, if all the insects suddenly die away, will the ecological system stay or collapse? It will collapse. If all the trees die away, it will collapse. If all the animals die away, it will collapse. Any category of living entities, if they are not present in the ecological system, we ourselves as humans will not be able to maintain our own lives. So Vedic literature says that this is one compulsory indebtedness which we are having towards Bhutas or all living entities in the universe. Dear devotees, these are the five rinas or five forms of debt which are accrued by every human being as soon as that human being is born. So there is no question of individualism saying that I am independent of you, I am free of you. They are all indebted individuals in the world. Now how to pay back these five debts? So Vedic literatures also tell that you can pay back these debts. How to pay back? The Vedic literature says that for paying back Pitri Rin or indebtedness to one's forefathers, one should offer Pitri Yagya or one should regularly offer Bhoga to Lord Krishna and give the prasadam, mentally dedicate the prasadam to their parents and forefathers. So once a year, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to say, the devotee should perform Vaishnav Shrad. Vaishnav Shrad means it is offering of oblations to one's forefathers in the Vaishnav way. So we offer bhoga to the Lord and whatever remnants we get from the Lord, that those remnants should be offered to one's forefathers. That is called as Vaishnava Sharad. Also, the traditional Vedic way of fulfilling this Pitri Rin or indebtedness is to oneself bear children, to get married and bear children and do the same service for somebody else. So that service which somebody else did for us, we do the same for somebody else. So this is no this is how we nullify the first type of debt which is known as Pitri Rin. Second is Devata Rin, fulfilling indebtedness towards the various gods within our body. So that we Vedic literature says is fulfilled by offering worship to all the gods. But since we are Vaishnavas, we do not offer worship to all the gods. So we worship directly Krishna and it is said in Shastra Tasmin Stushte Jagat Tushtam. By satisfying Lord Krishna, all the various deities in the universe are satisfied. So similarly, we satisfy Lord Krishna in order to satisfy all the various gods who are existing within the material universe. In this way, our second form of debt is paid back to the various deities in the material world. Third is Rishi Yagya, in order to pay the indebtedness towards the Rishis. So they have given us Vedic literature, we should teach it to others. And we got it from them for free. Vyasdev did not charge, you know. 
10 dollars per verse shrimad bhagavatam vyasdev did not charge us he could have charged us but vyasdev does not charge anybody so we got everything for free so we should in turn teach it to others brahmanically for free without expecting any fixed amount in return so this is how we pay back our indebtedness towards the great sages we were taught by them we teach somebody so that their lives will be benefited we pass on the benefits that we acquired from them unto some other deserving candidate fourth is atithi yagya i told you we, as soon as any guest arrives we should immediately welcome them nicely in vedic literature it is said that smriti say at least three minimum things should be offered to every guest what are the three minimum things first is they should be offered a place to sit second is they should be offered some water third is they should be offered some sweet words these are the bare minimum three things no matter who the guest is we should never treat them with contempt in shrimad bhagavatam fifth canto and there is a description of all the hellish planets and in one of the hellish planet is for a person who has not treated his guests well so at least we should learn this anybody who arrives as a guest at our home it is not they who are indebted to us it is actually we who are indebted to them because they are an opportunity for us to nullify one type of debt which is known as atithi rin our debt towards um, our debt which we accrue when we become a guest ourselves and fifth is bhuta yagya bhuta yagya means to fulfill the to nullify the debt towards all living entities this which we can do by giving various forms of charity to all living entities for example we can give prasadam we can feed prasadam to all sorts of living entities sometimes we feed prasadam to those who are within water sometimes we feed prasadam to those who are within land sometimes we give charanamritam even to the trees so we give something to all the living entities in return that is known as bhuta yagya we worship all the living entities by giving them prasadam offered to lord krishna now krishna says one thing in bhagavad gita one who does not do this one who does not pay back is certainly a thief this is given in bhagavad gita third chapter 12th verse i'll sing the verse please repeat after me tairdattana pradayaibhyo tairdattana pradayaibhyo yo bhungte stena eva sah tair dattan without giving to these people apradayebhya without giving to them yah bhungte one who enjoys selfishly only for himself stena certainly he is a thief stena means thief eva certainly he is that person is certainly a thief i want to ask one question chaitanya mahaprabhu somebody who did not pay his debts to his parents does such a person deserve to get good parents in his next life somebody who did not properly honor his guru does such a person deserve to get a proper guru in his next life they don't deserve to get therefore it is seen in today's world it is directly seen because many people don't fulfill their indebtedness towards their parents so this trend is now gradually increasing even in india in countries like india where vedic culture was once very strong this trend is increasing that people don't pay back their debts towards their parents and as a result the number of children who are born either to single parents or no parents 
is also increasing in the world. We can see this thing as a fact today. There are many children who are born, even in India I have seen, either without parents, zero parents or one parent. But according to all branches of science and medicine and philosophy, both parents are ideal for the child to be raised. One Sometimes one parent is not there, so it is recommended that both parents should be there, so that the child will have two role models, one as the mother, one as the father. And he'll, he or she will learn different qualities from both of them. But sometimes children don't have that karma, that because from previous lives the debts have not been paid off. So, sometimes devotees say we cannot fulfill all five, it is very difficult, you know. Can you give us one solution? How to, in Krishna consciousness, how to pay back these debts? Is there something given in Srimad Bhagavatam? So, Srimad Bhagavatam speaks something about paying back all debts at once. There is a very nice verse in the 11th canto which speaks about paying all the debts. And in the first line, you can see names of all debts are mentioned. Deva, Rishi, Bhuta, Rina, Pitri, all are mentioned in the first line. Pitri, Rina, Pit, Deva, Rina, Bhuta, Rina, all these are mentioned in the first line. I'll sing this, please repeat after me. Deva, Rishi, Bhuta, Rinam, Pitrinam. One who has given up all material duties and has taken full shelter of the lotus feet of Mukunda who offers shelter to all, is not indebted to the devas, demigods, rishis, great sages, bhutas, ordinary living beings, aptas, relatives, friends, mankind, or even one's pitris, forefathers, who have passed away. Since all such classes of living entities are part and parcel of the Supreme Lord, one who has surrendered to the Lord's service has no need to serve such persons separately. Okay. So, one transcendental solution to paying back all debts is to take full shelter at the lotus feet of Lord Mukunda. And it's not partial or artificial or conditional surrender. Because the verse itself says, Sarvatmana yaha sharanam sharan. Through his entirety, completely giving himself to the shelter of Lord Mukunda. That person, the translation also says, one who has given up all material duties and has taken full shelter, Sarvatmana. That is what the translation is also saying, BBD translation. So, there are two ways of paying back one's debts. Either one follows the paying back of five debts as I have previously mentioned in the previous slide or one becomes a pure devotee of the Lord. These are the two ways of paying back one's debts. Because... If one is not paying back through those five means, which I previously mentioned, then one has a lot of free time in his hand. And that free time should ideally be used to become a pure devotee of the Lord. Because there is no wasting of time in the human form of life. Human form of life is designed for paying back one's debts and for acquiring good karma so that one can elevate oneself to the higher planetary systems. Or if one is a devotee, 
for elevating oneself back home back to godhead so this is what is the transcendental solution for paying back all debts in one stroke now somebody might say is this only in vedic tradition or is it also in other traditions that we express gratitude towards everybody in the universe it's not simply in the vedic tradition it's also in other traditions is there anybody here who has uh, who has seen jewish tradition since childhood anybody who has been raised in a jewish family nobody all right in jewish tradition when the jewish community gathers for the standing prayer service which is uh, called as tefillah hamida the audience is supposed to stay silent for all prayers because the rabbi rabbi is like the priest uh, he is reciting the prayers on their behalf so the rabbi acts like a ritvik in the fi- like we have a ritvik in the fire sacrifice he chants the verses on our behalf and we simply say swaha you know at the end of the mantra similarly he utters the entire prayer and the audience only have to respond with amen at the end of each and every prayer they do not they do not need to pray along with him but the only exception to this rule is one prayer modim di rabanan which is for offering gratitude towards the supreme lord in this prayer gratitude is offered and in this prayer the priest will not pray everybody has to pray together so there is a 17th century jewish commentator rabbi elijah spira who says that expression of thanks cannot be delegated even to a priest it has to be performed uh, it has to be expressed personally you cannot delegate that responsibility to anybody i cannot say thank you to krishna or i cannot say thank you to god by telling somebody else to say thank you on my behalf that is what they are saying in their prayers it's not simply vedic tradition which is telling us to be grateful almost all traditions in the world are expressing gratitude very clearly actually this gratitude is sanatan dharma it is mentioned in shastra ramayan says valmiki writes in ramayana krite cha parikartavyam esh dharma sanatana krite cha if some favor has been done upon us parikartavyam man should return it back acknowledge and return it back esh this is dharma sanatana this is sanatan dharma actually this is spoken in ramayan is true one should acknowledge a favor and try to pay it back this is sanatan dharma and what to speak of us being grateful even krishna himself is grateful shila rupa goswami in his bhakti rasamrit sindhu has listed uh, 64 qualities of krishna and one of these 64 qualities is kritagya krishna is grateful the exact term which i had defined previously that is one of the 64 qualities of krishna given in bhakti rasamrit sindhu rupa goswami says that krishna is kritagya and he gives an example of how krishna is grateful so this is krishna's statement which he has spoken in the mahabharata which rupa goswami has quoted in bhakti rasamrit sindhu in order to show that krishna is himself a very grateful individual so this is a verse uttered by lord krishna please repeat after me rinam etat pravriddham me हृदयापसर्पतीपसर्पतीोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोषोष
Krishnamam Duravasinam Krishna says Rinam Rinam means depth. There is a depth etat pravridham me. It is increasing within my heart. There is one depth which is continuously increasing within my heart. Ridayat na apasarpati. It doesn't seem to go away from my heart. It doesn't seem to diminish. What is that depth? Yat Govinda iti chukrosha. Somebody loudly cried out my name as Govinda. Who was that lady who cried out loudly Govinda's name? Draupadi. Draupadi's name is Krishna. You can see in the last line. Krishna with the elongated A at the end. That is Draupadi's name. Krishna with the short A is Lord Krishna. And Krishna with the elongated A is Draupadi's name. So Krishna, that is Draupadi, Maam Dura Vasinam. Even she called out to me, even though I am Dura Vasi, I was staying far away in Dwarka. But she loudly cried out Govinda when she was being humiliated in the assembly of the Kauravas. And she did not remember anybody else, but she remembered me. Simply by this remembrance, I am indebted to her. And it is such a depth that is increasing within my heart and doesn't seem to go away. So whenever Draupadi was in trouble, Krishna would immediately come. It was not one time. One time he, the first time when she was being humiliated, she called out loudly and Krishna manifested as the unlimited sadi. And the second time when they were in the forest in exile and Durvasa Muni came to test their uh, hospitality, at that time also Krishna immediately came at the spot to rescue Draupadi. Krishna is very much indebted towards Draupadi and this is his statement. Rupa Goswami has quoted this statement in Bhakti Rasamrit Sindhu. Prabhuji. Krishna says, My heart feels increasingly indebted by a debt that does not seem to go away. This is the debt of gratitude which I accrued when Draupadi loudly cried out to me even though I was situated far away in Dwarka. Yeah, this is from Bhakti Rasamrit Sindhu. Southern Division First wave, it is verse number 92. This is Krishna's own statement. One of the 64 qualities of Krishna is Krishna is very grateful. So this is God's own quality of gratitude. In the Ramayana also, Lord Ram becomes expresses immense gratitude to Hanuman. Because it is Hanuman because of whom the entire rescue operation was possible. And it is because of Hanuman that the entire war against Ravan was won. So, after the entire war is won, they are all back in Ayodhya and Lord Ram says something to uh, all his servants in front of Hanuman. He says, Esha Sarvasva Bhutastu Parishvango Hanumataha Mayakalam Imam Prapya he says, Esha Sarvasva Bhutastu. This is my all in all that I can offer to Hanuman. What can I offer? Parishvango. I can offer my embrace to Hanuman. There is nothing more that I can give to him. There is nothing else which will be able to, you know, even try to come and fulfill any of the debts which I have accrued from Hanuman. One thing I can do, I embrace Hanuman today. And by his embrace, he is indicating that he will be accepted in the spiritual world forever. So by my embrace, I accept you as my eternal associate, near and dear. This embrace is the best thing I can give to you because there is nothing better in the world that can ever pay back whatever you have done for me, dear Hanuman. So this is Ramayana, Lord Ram's statement. This embrace of mine is all that I can offer 
to this great soul hanuman for this is the only thing i have right now yeah which is worthy of being offered there is nothing else worthy of being offered to hanuman so dear devotees anybody who remains ungrateful in life for them there is no at- atonement in the ramayana there is one incident mentioned valmiki has mentioned this incident there was a friendship which was there between ram and sugriv sugriv was staying on a hill named kishkindha and kishkindha sugriv was staying on that hill in exile because of the fear of his own brother sugriv's brother bali had forcibly driven him out of kingdom and bali always was looking out for sugriv so that he could kill sugriv there was an enmity between both brothers but there was one hill which bali was cursed not to ever come upon set foot upon that was kishkindha so kishkindha was the only place in the world where sugriva could stay and sugriva was hiding in kishkindha when lord ram came uh, at that particular time uh, lord ram met sugriva and both of them had a friendship and they had a pact with each other so lord ram said i will kill bali and i will free you from this fear of bali but in return you send out your monkey army for finding out where sita is so both of them agreed they had a pact and hanuman he bought and he lit an entire fire just to you know make it official in front of fire we both of us have um, made a pact that sugriv will find sita but first lord ram will kill bali so lord ram fulfilled his side of the promise he killed bali and then when it was sugriv's turn to fulfill his promise sugriv said oh dear lord actually chaturmasya has started it has started raining everywhere dear lord so can we wait for 3 4 months till the rain subsides because very difficult for the monkeys to travel everywhere during the rains so lord ram said all right so for 3 or 4 months lord ram was in separation from sita devi and he could not do anything about it because the monkeys monkey army would not go out and search for sita devi during these 3 months sugriv forgot everything he broke all the regulative principles he had newly acquired his kingdom so sugriv was fully immersed in enjoyment he was drinking he was having a good time with all his new queens that he had found sugriv forgot everything in these 3 4 months and the rainy season passed away and lord ram was thinking what is happening why is sugriv not you know sending out his monkey army and lakshman said i know why is not sending out i need to go so lakshman arrived at the kingdom with his bow and he made a loud noise with his bow and sugriv fell on the ground hearing that noise sugriv understood he came back to his senses so he knew that lakshman is now going to kill me because i have not done my duty so sugriv intelligently sent his wife ahead of him and his wife prayed to lakshman that please tell us what is uh, what is the problem uh, please be pacified please excuse us so then lakshman said bring that sugriv here in front of me so when sugriv very he was extremely frightened he came in front of lakshman that time lakshman spoke the following statement to sugriv ब्रह्मे चुरापे चोरे भग्नव्रते तथा निष्कृतिर्विता लोके कृतघ्ने नास्ति निष्कृति 
Lakshman says, Brahmagnesa, somebody might kill a Brahmana, but there is atonement in scriptures for killing a Brahmana. Surapecha, somebody may drink Sura, wine, there is atonement in scriptures for drinking wine. Chore, somebody may be a thief, for him also there is an attainment, atonement. Bhagnavrate, somebody may break a vow, like Ekadashi, in Shastra there is atonement for that also. You can fast on Dwadashi and then, you know, break it on. But only if it is done very accidentally it happens, not deliberately. Very accidentally it happens, then there is a one remedy given in Shastra. Nishkritir vihitalo. Nishkriti means remedy is there, loke, in this world for all these things. But kritagne, for an ungrateful person, nasty nishkriti. Even the Shastra does not give any atonement. Sugriv, try to understand. For all the sins... There is atonement, but there is no atonement for somebody who is an ungrateful person. Yes, sir. There are atonements suggested in scriptures for a person who kills a brahmana, a person who drinks alcohol, who steals wealth, who willingly breaks a vow. However, there is no atonement anywhere for someone who is ungrateful. Yes. Well, this is Ramayana's statement by Lakshman. Therefore, dear devotees, we should all be very grateful towards all the various Vaishnavas, all the great Acharyas of the past, this principle of gratitude is an eternal principle, Sanatan Dharma, which even Krishna is carrying within his heart and exhibiting towards his devotees. I would like to end with a nice poetry. This is written by a recent poet. It is compiled in a compilation of poetries named Subhashit Ratna Bhandagar. This is in a beautiful meter named Malini. I will try to sing it. Please repeat after me. ಪ್ರಥಮವಯಸಿಪೀತಂತೋಯಮಲ್ಪಂಸ್ಮರಂತಿಜಲಮನಲ್ಪಸ್ವಾದಮಾಜೀವಿತಾಂತಮ ನಹಿ ಕೃತಮುಪಕಾರವೋ ವಿಸ್ಮರಂತಿ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಬ್ಯೂಟಿಫುಲಿ ಸೇಸ್ ವೈ ಸಾಧೂಸ್ ಆರ್ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ಫುಲ್ ಇಟ್ ಗಿವ್ಸ್ ಅನ್ ಎಕ್ಸಾಂಪಲ್ ಪ್ರಥಮ ವಯಸ್ಸಿ ಪೀತಂ ತೋಯಂ ಅಲ್ಪಂ ದ ಕೊಕೋನಟ್ ಟ್ರೀ ವೆನ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಅ ಸ್ಮಾಲ್ ಸ್ಯಾಪ್ಲಿಂಗ್ ಪ್ರಥಮ ವಯಸ್ಸಿ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಅ ಸ್ಮಾಲ್ ಚೈಲ್ಡ್ it remembers pitam toyam alpam somebody offered me little water hmm? smaranta remembering this shirasi nihita bhara throughout its life it carries a big load on its head the coconut tree what is that load narikela of all the coconuts and dadati jalam in return it gives water to all human beings throughout its life it was given ordinary water but it gives aswadam it gives back sweet water to the entire world throughout its life the last line says nahi kritam upakaram sadavo vismaranti dear devotees sadhus never forget even a small favor that was bestowed upon them at any point of time in history this is the translation remembering the small amount of water that was sprinkled on it in its childhood by a kind person the coconut tree carries the load of coconuts for all humans and gives them sumptuous sweet water throughout its life indeed saintly souls never forget even a small favor and dedicate their lives to repaying it back yes. so dear devotees 
आय वुड लाईक टू एंड विथ दिस फॉलोइंग वर्स यदत्रस खलितम किंचित विद्वाम सह पूरयंतु तत् यदत्र सौष्ठवम किंचित तत् गुरो यदत्रस खलितम किंचित आय ट्राईड टू प्रेझेंट समथिंग इन फ्रंट ऑफ ऑल ऑफ यू स्खलितम किंचित इफ देर वॉज सम मिस्टेक इन माय प्रेझेंटेशन विद्वाम सह पूरयंतु तत् मे ऑल द विद्वांस मे ऑल द लर्नेड डिवोटीज इन द असेंबली पूरयंतु करेक्ट मी यदत्र सौष्ठवम किंचित बट इफ देर वॉज एनी सौष्ठव एनिथिंग यू लाईक्ट इन द प्रेझेंटेशन प्लीज रिमेंबर तत् गुरो इट बिलॉंग्स टू माय गुरु मे नाही इट डझन बिलॉंग टू मी सो इट बिलॉंग्स टू द प्रिवियस गुरुजन सचर श्रील प्रभुपाद अँड आय ऑफर ऑल दिस क्रेडिट टू श्रील प्रभुपाद इफ यू लाईक्ट एनिथिंग इन द क्लास ऑल ग्लोरीज टू जगद्गुरु श्रील प्रभुपाद श्रील प्रभुपाद की प्रेमानंदे thank you so i think we have some time for questions yes or is it ready time okay yes yes ha right right exactly exactly so there are five main depths that is pitra bhut which were mentioned and then there are also some minor depths to one's relatives also because one's society is generated not only by one's immediate family but also by the relatives so these relatives give us a complete family experience and so there are some minor depths towards the aptas also towards the relatives but they are not considered as major debts they are very minor debts but even the minor debts are paid off for a person who has taken full shelter of the lotus feet of lord krishna yes first you can take uh-huh. going back to the five points where you said there were debts are there only five or are there more there are five main debts and then the fifth one which is bhutas all living entities tries to you know is like an umbrella debt so if we try to pay it back mostly all the debts are taken care of all these major debts we should take care of because ideally we want to go back home back to godhead in this life but suppose due to some misfortune if we are not able to make it in this life in our next life do we want a good set of parents yes or no yes we want a good set of teachers who will teach us nicely yes we want a bona fide guru yes so we all should ensure that we are exhibiting gratitude towards these personalities by paying back our due debts in time in this human form of life that is what yes prabhu uh, prabhu you were saying the vaishnava way of paying back debts is taking full shelter of krishna and becoming a pure devotee right. but most of us at least i am not at that point where i stage of pure devotee so when we are trying to do vaidhi bhakti how do we balance this gratitude uh, okay so if we are not pure devotees then how do we try to balance it first and foremost our first priority in life should always be to attain the stage of pure bhakti that is there is no you know excuse for not attaining pure bhakti because it is very painful to take another birth and you know to go again in the same cycle of uh, to get recycled in material nature is very painful for any living entity 
So we don't want to get recycled in material nature and come out in another body. Our first attempt should be to attain pure bhakti, pure devotional service in this very life. Do what it takes. That should be our aim. Because sometimes devotees make this statement, but we are not pure devotees. So sometimes, then I wish to ask them, then what is stopping you from becoming? So whatever is stopping us from becoming, that we should fulfill. Because it is the effort required to attain pure devotion is much less than the pain which we will suffer or distress which we will have to go through if we take another birth in the material world. So better to put 100% effort in becoming a pure devotee of the Lord. And let's say, even pure devotees sometimes are carrying out their functions of paying back indebtedness. For example, even pure devotees sometimes they will offer prasadam to their ancestors. Uh, uh, even pure devotees will welcome their guests nicely. Just because somebody is a pure devotee doesn't mean that they will not welcome their guests nicely. So, we are trying our best to be a pure devotee, but at the same time, we, we can also try our best to fulfill those five debts in the way that is easily possible for us. Practical and easily possible. That is what is true. Hare Krishna. Uh, Prabhuji, can you please help me reconcile or understand the connection between wanting to pay debts in order to get a good guru in the next life, but also I'm trying to connect that to the understanding of once you accept Diksha, then your spiritual master is the same spiritual master until you return back to the spiritual world. It's a very nice question. Rohuji has asked that once you have a spiritual master, it's the same spiritual master until you return back home, back to Godhead. But at the same time, it is said that if one does not pay one's debts towards gurus, then in the next life one may not acquire a guru. So that guru or that rishi is for those gurus which teach us how to live in the material world. For example, I will give you one example. There is a very simple principle. Every day we should take bath. Now somebody might ask, says who? I might ask, Arjun Prabhu, says who? Where is it given that you should take bath every day? Who taught us that we should take bath? So it was taught, these, all these basic principles of the material world also are taught by the Vedas. The Vedas says huh, that one should, Satyam, Shaucham, huh, this Bhagavad Gita is saying, Shaucham should be maintained. So these basic principles are also taught by Gurus. Sometimes, the alphabet, the first alphabet is taught by the Guru. These things, although they are very worldly, they require gurus, shiksha gurus to teach us. Now, somebody may have a bona fide spiritual master, adhyatmic guru in spiritual life. But in next life, they want to learn practicalities of the material world nicely, yes or no? Or do they want to have very horrible gurus in teaching them practicality of the material world? Who don't even teach them that you should take a bath every day. And then, you know... When they grow up, then they get a spiritual master and then they learn the very difficult way. Oh, all these things I have to learn now. He may have a bona fide spiritual master, but for all the other practical things which the Vedas teaches, for that he or she should pay back their debts. Next life then they will acquire such a guru. From their childhood they will be taught, you should do this, should do that. Otherwise, parents are teaching us, you know, every day take bath. If we don't take a bath every day, parents will tell us, why are you not... Now, some child can ask the parent, who told you every day you should take, who told you? The parents will say, our parents taught us. 
अच्छा यू गो एंड ट्रेस इट बैक वेर इज इट वेर इज द ओरिजिन ऑफ दिस टीचिंग दैट एवरी डे यू शूड टेक बाथ सो एंड इट इज नॉट इन ऑल ऑल प्लेसेस इन द वर्ल्ड देर आर मेनी पीपल हु स्टेज अबोरिजिन्स who don't take bath they may take bath maybe once a month or maybe once a year there are some people in the world who stay like that why because there is no tradition coming in their family lineage that one should take bath in australia there are the aborigines amongst the aborigines in australia the culture is that the more number of days you are without a bath the more you are connected with nature <laughs> which is like a very good thing to be huh? washing yourself is like Huh? getting rid of nature around you, your body and this is not i'm not i'm not speaking some this is a fact actually so this culture is by our gurus all the gurus which we have acquired for teaching us practicality we need such nice gurus in our if unfortunately we have to accept another body we need all these nice gurus in our life to guide us for this reason we should pay back the debts to the gurus which we acquired in this life all right so thank you very much dear devotees jagat guru shri prabhupad ki tai gaur premanande panchakalpatarubhyasya kripa sindubhya vichapatitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo anant koti vaishnav vrindhi ki jagat guru shri prabhupad ki